0: everyone. My name is Rafael Vigil, and I'd like to welcome everyone to my hatshot photography podcast. Today, I have special guest, Barbara McFerrin. She's an amazing portrait and hatshot photography. Um, and um, yeah, we've been planning this for quite some time. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because I have a million questions to you. Um, as I said, your work is extremely inspiring. I've been checking your work constantly and tried to kind of figure out some of those stuff what you do but I hope <laughs> you kind of gave us some secrets today um so let's start with I just want to kind of know a little bit I tried to find some some of your bio and kind of see where you're coming from mm-hmm. I, I I found you live in Colorado mm-hmm. um and um but there's not much more I I've seen you you've got so many awards um, there's 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 a lot of a lot of interesting stuff but please tell me a little bit more about your path into photography how this whole thing started um, it seems like you've been doing this for quite some time so how this whole thing started for you
1: okay well first of all thank you so much for inviting me I really appreciate it and maybe I'm a little bit of a mystery huh there's not a of information out there so basically um i started photography first as a hobby when i was 17 years old my father was a photographer
2: okay and
1: his father so my grandfather my uncles they were all either photographers or artists and and i I was actually born in argentina and oh wow
0: okay congratulations on the (laughs) win.
1: yes thank you (laughs) that was very exciting um so, yeah, my my dad's side of the family, um, par- some of them were from Italy and some from Argentina. And um, and they my father's father and, and brothers had a, a lab or a, a photography studio in Argentina. So they were pretty well known in the town that I was born in. Um, and eventually when they came to the United States, um their photography was more about printing so they printed Mm -hmm. uh photography for other photographers and when i was 17 my dad gave me a camera for my birthday it was a minolta x370 35 millimeter camera and i I basically fell in love with photography at that time and i took pictures of everything mainly of the beautiful mountains in colorado this is where Mm -hmm. i've lived for most of my life so um Yeah, it was just a hobby, basically. So in my career, I worked in IT. It's not very exciting. So I was a computer, um, I did computer support for many years. And yeah, and on the side as a hobby was photography. And eventually, when my daughter was born in 2014, I just did not want to do that work anymore. And um, I just tried to figure out how can I use photography as a, as a career. And so I slowly started watching, you know, like Creative Live, like different mm-hmm. um, videos on how to start a business, a photography business. And and I thought, well, I need to start photographing people because, you know, you can't really sell pictures of trees and mountains. I mean, you can, but it's kind of hard to make a living doing that. Yeah. So I started photographing portraits in around 2016. And then that's just kind of how it started. And I ever since then just refining my style. And I knew that I wanted to be different because where I live, there's many, many photographers shooting portraits, weddings, and seniors and whatnot, but I wanted to be different. And I wanted to have my own style. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I, that's just when I started with the fine art portraits and wanting them to look like paintings um, Mm -hmm. because, um, that's just the style that I love. So that's what I went with and that's kind of how it started. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, let's, let's jump into, like, we're going to go deep into this mm-hmm. um, about your style. Like, can you tell me a little bit about um, how this style kind of came to existence? Like, mm-hmm. did you kind of it right away with fine art or was it was just like a process for you? And then mm-hmm. how does process kind of um, develop over the years? Like, you know, I'm sure when you look back at your work from, I don't know, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. probably looks a little bit different with what what is looking right now. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me, like, did you study like a history of art or that was something that would just kind of come naturally to you that, mm-hmm. you know, that was the directions you were going?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually do not have a formal training in art mm-hmm. Um Or photography for that matter i guess i always think maybe it was just in my genes because my dad and and his whole family were artists and photographers they could draw and paint very well but i can't draw and paint very well Mm -hmm. so for me uh it was just the inspiration came from um looking at old master paintings when Mm -hmm. i was when i was younger my dad he loved to paint in that style as well and he liked to look at that type of artwork so I remember looking at that type of artwork with him you know through books and museums and things so so that was kind of resonated with me and just always stuck with me and it's always very inspiring to me so when I decided to start photographing portraits I I just automatically that's where my brain went like this is what I want my portraits to look like I want them to look like paintings, since I can't paint (laughs) that becomes my sort of canvas and then it also sets me apart from you know other photographers in the area because you don't see that style very much at least not around here Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah so I just started trying to learn you know okay how do I light like that so just practicing Mm -hmm. with lighting maybe I don't know, watching various videos, going to various workshops and just picking up tidbits here and there of, you know, how can I do this better? How can I finesse it? But I always started that way. When I started using strobes in the studio, that's how I – that's just mm-hmm. where I started. I didn't really do any other type of photography.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of fascinating that, you know, there's like – in my case, I went for like ten years of shooting weddings. That was my starting point, mm-hmm. and then mostly mm-hmm. because you know there was a lot of money into it, so you just like mm-hmm. drawn into this because you you have to make a living and you have to pay the bills, buy equipment, and all this stuff. And then slowly, mm-hmm. gradually, I started kind of navigating towards like you know headshots and and and, and portraits. But it's kind of cool that you you were able to go directly into portrait uh, photography. So mm-hmm. tell me who inspires you as a photographer? Like I, I know from my even own experience that we kind of like looking what other people's doing. As you said, mm-hmm. like we just picking up bits and pieces here mm-hmm. and there and try to create mm-hmm. um, all the style, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. just molding this whole thing over the years. So when you started shooting portrait, like there was, there was any specific photographers who inspired you and, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of helped you to build your own style?
1: Yeah, um I've there's several Joel Grimes, um mm-hmm. I love his work and I've I've listened to him speak. He's very inspiring. Uh Chris Knight okay. Lin, Lindsay Adler, um Dimitri Bave, he's a Ukrainian photographer. Mm-hmm. Um Hemi Val benedict from the Netherlands. Um Yeah, uh, R- Richard Wood uh, mm-hmm. from New Zealand. So uh, yeah. And then again, the paintings from the old masters, that's uh, where I drew a lot of my inspiration. So, so yeah, uh, just, and just looking through, I mean, Instagram and Pinterest are just one, you know, great, in, you know, sources of inspiration, just kind of putting in the words you want to find like fine art and then just seeing so many beautiful images and you just kind of maybe not a particular photographer, but maybe some images might, you know, inspire um, uh, creativity and, and just getting ideas. So, yeah.
0: Perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about like, well, we talk a little about the, the how this style developed, but mm-hmm. let's kind of focus right now on individual images. So how this whole thing works on your end? Let's say you have a client or I don't know, you're, you're doing some creative portrait session, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you kind of go with the flow or you have, some kind of concept in place or where you're creating a mood board and then you have some stuff put together that, okay, this is the directions. Uh, this is the direction I'm going to go. Um, how does process look like? So, you know, because like based on looking at your images, um, I don't see there is some kind of coincidence there. Everything is planned out. Everything is kind of like you know, put together really uh, professionally and precisely. And then you just kind of going to kind of get the get the shot so would mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about that process
1: sure I, actually it's a, it's a come a little bit of everything <laughs> to be honest I, actually i don't pre-plan a lot of my okay. shoots um so there's a difference so if i have a client for example who's paying to to have a, a session um of course there's going to be a little bit more planning with wardrobe with the client and i do like pre-consultations and and so i'd like to know ahead of time know what kind of wardrobe are they bringing what can i contribute usually though the the, the client sessions are not as creative as my own personal sessions so they're usually like you know a family portrait you know in, in that painterly style with You know, maybe a a wardrobe that they purchased or maybe something that I have on hand. But um, so that's basically how a client session works. The Mm -hmm. personal and and creative ones, a few times that I have had a concept in mind and then I sort of pre-plan it as we go. But honestly, I create on the go as you know, as the, what we've seen in the moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I might have an a vague idea in the beginning uh, or perhaps I have a prop that I want to photograph and, mm-hmm. you know, a new hairpiece or um, a new dress or something. And I say, okay, I want to, I want to shoot this dress. Who can I find to wear it? And then, and then while we're getting ready and doing hair and makeup, it's really very much in the moment. Like mm-hmm. my hair and makeup artists will ask me, okay, how do you want their hair to look? And I just look at them and I look at, you know, okay, do this. <laughs> or, you know, I want it up or down or whatever. So, yeah, it's really, well, most of it, I would say the majority of my work is, is on, just on goes the with the flow. And then yeah. in post-processing, is kind of again in the flow like okay I call my images I you know I find the one that really speaks to me and then I start editing and then I maybe start adding things to it or you know in the color toning everything just kind of starts to happen like what do I want how do I want it to look what looks good what doesn't and that's just that's just how I create so I'm, I'm not very good at coming up with ideas in the beginning other than just a vague okay i want to do this maybe but i don't know exactly how it's going (laughs) to look
0: well you know what and i i I work exactly the same way which is uh which is interesting because i i deeply believe that sometimes you cannot really predict some of those Uh things you have to kind of see how this whole thing is going to look like when you're shooting and and, Mm -hmm. then you know like depends on the subject depend there's there's so many variables which which kind of like it's hard to like oh this is what i'm going to go after Mm -hmm. and i think it's good to have that kind of flexibility because i Mm -hmm. kind of witnessed some photographers who like they were going bunkers because you know they had this idea and the idea didn't work and they they, right. they did they have a hard time to kind of mold it kind of different ways so there was something mm-hmm. out of this which they were happy with they're, they're just right. like okay you know if it's not working they upset right but now like yes. the way it seemed like you're working we just kind of like a, a little bit like a fish in the water we're trying to kind of navigate it to, to get the mm-hmm. best out of it right
1: exactly yeah and that's the thing is you know i don't want to have something so concrete in my mind. And then if it doesn't work out, then then what, you know, I'm disappointed or something. So I'd rather just kind of see what we can do in the moment. Because a lot of times, even the model you're working with, maybe, you know, if you've never worked with them before, Perhaps you don't know, uh, you know, what kind of expressions they can give you until, you know, they're warmed up and then and then they produce something for you that you're like, wow, this is something that I wasn't expecting. And then it's great, you know. So yeah, it just it's very much. Just create in the moment, and that's that's
0: what's fun for so me. So what's your ratio doing like a regular work, what you're getting paid? Because the one thing what I want to also point out when you said about the, the old and personal and creative work you do, it's kind of interesting that people want to see it, but they do not necessarily want to pay for it and be part of it, right? So they mm-hmm. see those images, and they're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. But let's do just the regular portraits, right, for the mm-hmm. family. They don't want to kind of right. go overboard and create something yes. which would really... Um, stand out so like I I feel that all the time like they see the work mm-hmm. like oh this is so cool but you know I'm going to stay far away from this um, <laughs> exactly. so what is your ratio like you know how much like do you focus more on your personal work or it's just kind of like I know it's hard to keep it balanced and, I, and I'm and mm-hmm. i guessing based on my own experience that those creative ones they, they gave us a little bit more joy I don't know how you feel about it oh. Um, <laughs>
1: For sure. Yeah. The creative work is is much more fun because, you know, I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I would say as, as my business has progressed, of course, Mm -hmm. when I first started, most of it was client work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as I got better with my uh, retouching and, and my creative uh, photography was increasing, um, then I was getting a lot more, requests for teaching. So Mm -hmm. now I would say my business is probably 50 50, maybe 50% is teaching 50% is, is client work. So when I teach, then that's when I'm getting a lot more of my creative work, because I'm I'm producing uh, creative work, while I'm teaching students. Um, because they want to learn that style. And so it's kind of a win-win, you know, I can do a a creative shoot while I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's about, it's about half and half right now. And yes, I do get clients that say, oh, I love your work. And I want to get some headshots or I want to get some, uh, you know, family portraits, but you know, they, they kind of, okay, this is what I want to wear. I don't want to go crazy. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) So, you know, they're paying you that you give them what they want, obviously, but it's, but my work is still, retouched in a, a similar mm-hmm. fine art style so they're still getting that sort of you know uh, heirloom mm-hmm. old master style of a of a painted type of a, a photograph that they can put on the wall so and and interestingly enough i don't know in, in where i live some people that's just not their style you know they would rather have the cliche you know picture outside with the mountains in the background because they're mm-hmm. they love to be outside so a lot of people I've run into prefer the outdoor photos, you know, in, in the in the mountains or in a park or something like that. And that's not really what I do. So, I mean, I'll do some of those, but um, that's not my, you know, what I, my specialty. But I think, you know,
0: it's, it's everywhere, right? Like, yeah. I think it doesn't matter because I'm originally from Poland and then mm-hmm. you know, I've done some work over there and it's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, even though, as I said, they like specific style and they reach out to you because they've seen some really artistic image. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, they want to go to the park and then have just right. the regular photos, which, which is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, they, they yeah. pay for it. They pay the bill. Yep. We pay the yep. bills exactly. so at the end of the day. It's all good. Uh, but it, it it's it very, very, I would say small percentage of people who really want you know, mm-hmm. to push. It, it really is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've but had a few, a yeah, handful. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: But do you have a lot of clients who just came in and they like, you know, what? I'm gonna give myself into your hands and then just do whatever? Or that was just like, this is really rare for you.
1: I've had a, I've had a few clients say, you know, I want you to do, you know, almost whatever you want. You know, they they have their limits, but but yeah, I've had a few clients, and th- and those are the best ones because you know yeah. you have creative freedom and and there's not very much expectation of you know. Uh, And they, and they usually, you know, they love it. So, Mm so yeah, there's a few, the, the brave ones that, (laughs) that uh, are really open to that. So,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to kind of talk a little bit about the, the, the the retouching process, but before we do that, um, I just want to talk to you about, so what is kind of ideal portrait for you? Like what's the description, like how you basically see the images. Okay. Okay. This is the perfect, perfect portrait. Like, how you describe mm-hmm. that
1: mm-hmm. so for me I, I would say number one is the lighting mm-hmm. um and the expression
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and basically the lighting and the expression are, are the i guess the main the main thing and then you know having a bit of a story in there is is always great um and then the the wardrobe and and how it all ties in together with the backgrounds. I don't usually use a lot of busy props, and and my mm-hmm. portraits are fairly simple. I don't usually have like a lot of elements, so it's usually just the background, the subject, mm-hmm. maybe one small prop, um, and that's it. So, so I I would say it comes down to the lighting and, and the expression are probably the main points that i look for
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. um okay so let's jump into the photoshop because the photoshop Mm -hmm. these days is a huge part of photography Mm -hmm. and like the 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 kind of statements i've been hearing that i want to have my images looks great straight from the camera like i think that's just the myth Mm -hmm. Uh, so there is definitely a process into it so tell me a little bit about well first of all i want to talk about like how you developed your 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 retouching style like uh, because it, you know it's 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 beautiful. You have this mm, really you. unique and distinctive style of, of retouching your images. So I want to kind of dive dive in a little bit because um, mm-hmm. the one thing what I want to point to out and this is also like a directed to the audience because you know people think and I'm sure you you. As A teacher, you probably heard that, that people want to learn retouching overnight, like they couldn't take mm-hmm. a course, you know, on Friday, on a Monday, you're going to be like masters in retouching. But this stuff right. takes a lot of practice, a lot yeah. of time, um, uh, training your eye, just, just doing mm-hmm. mistakes over and over again until you get to the okay. Now I feel like okay, I, I, I mm-hmm. can kind of feel this, right? Mm-hmm. So, can you tell me a little bit about your process getting into the, the point where you are right now?
1: yeah so oh, I don't even remember how I started, but um so, you know, in the beginning, I watched you know like YouTube, like mm-hmm. you know, how do you I don't know, take away blemishes, you know, mm-hmm. so you just it's always been like a process and steps and like layers, right you you learn something, you do it for a while, and then you're like, okay, well, I could improve this. And then maybe you learn a little tip from somewhere and then you incorporate that and then, Oh, okay, this is working better. So it's, it's, I can't say exactly like linear because it's always been jumping around and trying different things, but in general, um, you know, the lighting for me has to be very soft, has to be, Mm. um, you know, there's a certain um, what am I trying to say? So for me, I have to have those shadows, right. To get that depth, the, the, you know, the fine art feel. So, um, there needs to be shadows. And a lot of photographers are actually afraid of, of having shadows. So I, I want to make sure I have shadows, but they also need to be soft, um, to get that look. So that's part of it. So the lighting is very much probably 80% of, of getting Mm. the image, the the final image has to be the lighting has to be the right way. So, um, And then the processing, I would say, in Photoshop, 90% of getting it to look like that is dodge and burn. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the majority. And that's what has taken so long to master because you do have to train your eye for dodge and burn. And, And it takes... It's, I don't know, it just takes so much time to get it right. <laughs> there's <laughs> because no shortcuts,
0: you can, right? That's, that's one uh, thing.
1: There's no, um, yeah, there's no action. There's no preset for Dodge and Burn. You, it's everything's custom. And every image is individually done. So it's like painting, like I said before. And when you paint a painting, even if you paint three paintings in a row, they're not going to look exactly the same. Um, so it's the same for my photography. Um, so, yeah, dodge and burn, and then a little bit of color toning. And if you think about it, the main idea is to bring light to where you want it and mm-hmm. to take light away where you don't want it. Yeah. So for me, if you look at all my images, the light, most of the light is on the face. Mm-hmm. So I try to light initially in, in studio, bring most of the light is on the face, and then the rest of the image is a little bit darker. And in Photoshop, I just enhance that. I bring more light to the face and make the rest a little bit darker. And what's interesting is nowadays you have cameras that are so sharp and, you know, Mm -hmm. so like crisp. For me, I actually prefer a little bit softer. So I usually shoot with a higher um, depth of field, a low aperture. So because I like that softness overall. And I actually prefer a little bit of grain in my images. So I actually add grain to my final images in Photoshop. Um, and it just creates this little bit of, I don't know, like a film soft look. Paintings. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, photographers will spend thousands of dollars on these expensive cameras that have no noise. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but actually I, I prefer it. so. So yeah, I mean that's really what it is is dodge and burn some grain, some color toning. And I mean it's not that simple, but when you really break it down, that's that's all I'm doing really. And and just uh using frequency separation to really uh you know, get the blemishes, you know, mm-hmm. out of you know, and and get that softness. And that's it's really what it bro- comes down to. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Honestly. yeah. yeah. And it's also interesting that, you know, the stuff what you just said that, you know, like we want to have images to be grainy a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, don't be as perfect. And then, you know, you're hearing all this testing for lenses and cameras and, you know, this Mm -hmm. lens is not sharp enough, you know, which like Mm -hmm. these days, most of those lenses, they're extremely sharp. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you just pull out the image and even when I sometimes retouch my you know, headshots and and you can see every vein in the eyes and just Mm -hmm. like, it's just clear and perfect. And it's just like, wow, it's just amazing, you know, how good we got with with, with, with the equipment. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's switch the gears and let's talk a little bit um, about your equipment. Like I Mm -hmm. know a lot of photographers, you know, they, well, that's what they want to hear, right? Like Mm -hmm. what equipment you use, what lighting you use. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, your setup, your camera, like what you're using, and mm-hmm. do you have any kind of preferable, let's say, lenses or lighting? Because I know those things also kind of develop over the years. Like we testing mm-hmm. different things, and then like, oh, this is this is kind of okay. do the job the way I like it. So what's your favorite, mm-hmm. um, you know, pieces of of the gear which you're using yes. constantly?
2: Yeah, the
1: one thing I, I want to emphasize is there is no need to buy really expensive lights, expensive equipment to to create something like this, because I've been using the same camera for the last six years, <laughs> and it's a Nikon D750, so it's not, you know, the latest and greatest, it's an older camera, but it, it does what I need it to do, mm-hmm. Um my favorite go-to lens is either the fifty, the Nikon fifty millimeter, or the eighty-five millimeter. Um, in studio, I prefer the eighty-five because it is it is a nice sharp lens. I mean, I want sharpness for the eyes, especially. I want them to be in focus. Um, so the eighty-five gives me nice depth of field, nice focus, um, and and then the, the fifty is nice in case I need to, you know, get a full body shot or something like that. And I don't have a lot of space in the studio I use, so I can't really go with like a 105 or a 200 millimeter or something like that. So typically 50 or 85 is what I go with. And then lights I use currently I'm using Westcott FJ 400 strobes. Um, I would say 80 to 90% of my work is two lights. So I have a main light and a fill light that I use. And my modifiers are usually the, um, Seven foot diffused umbrella for my fill, um, which is also Westcott, and either a forty one inch diffused umbrella or a fifty three inch diffused umbrella um, for the main light. Every once in a while, I'll use a beauty dish um, to get just even more um, just focus on the face and a little. If I want a little bit of a harder light. and sometimes I'll use a, a gridded forty or not a gridded, I'm sorry, a 48-inch um, deep softbox, mm-hmm. uh, Octabox. Um, so it just kind of depends on what I'm shooting. So mm-hmm. I might switch around my modifier a little bit, but in general, um, yeah, my go-to are, are the umbrellas, because they just produce a nice soft light um, for any situation. And um, what else? Uh, I mean, that's mainly what i use um as far as lighting i don't typically use um like a strip box or a rim light mm-hmm. every once in a while for a headshot i will i'll use mm-hmm. a third light as a rim light but my creative projects i usually don't use a third light
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah i mean that's it's pretty simple <laughs> that's pretty about cool. yeah that's about it yeah
2: perfect yeah I would so- say,
1: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, there's, you know, there's no need for really expensive equipment, but I will say that I was honored by um, Hasselblad a few months ago. They reached out to me and allowed me to test one of their cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say shooting with that camera was amazing. <laughs> and, and yes, the the image quality was like not even close to, to what I'm used to. Um, but you know, still you know I, you could still create beautiful images with with any camera obviously yes if you have a really nice expensive camera you can get more sharpness more more detail but um but yeah you could still work with what you have
0: absolutely mm. yeah i'm still using the nikon d800 for like decades mm-hmm. and then it's mm-hmm. like i had the shadow replaced once so like it right. already went from major, major kind of repairs, but it's yeah. still running. So yeah. I'm just hoping it's going to die at some point because you're getting <laughs> all these forces for them going for the mirrorless, you know, cameras. Yes. Like, but it's, yep. it's again, it's something that, and I think also for the portrait photography, right? Like we're not working at the, I don't know, sports fields where you have to have out of focus and all this stuff. Like, I think right. like just a little story, which I went through, which was kind of fascinating Um, because mm-hmm. when I was shooting weddings, with the digital era, you know, like there's no limits, right? So you're just oh, nice. shooting like crazy just so you can get the shot. Right. And I came with the same, I would say, attitude and the same kind of habit to shoot portraits and headshots. And I was ending up with like, you know, thousand images. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the hell I'm doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 this habit which you have, like, oh, I'm going to get the shot. And right. then at some point I had to just like going completely opposite Direction mm-hmm. and slow the process down. Slow right? down. Yeah. Shoot slower and just change right. the poses, change the face expressions. Like, mm-hmm. this really, really put the big break on everything what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, this is another thing that I think it's it's important to, to mention that we're going and we're buying this equipment, and then we're getting this salesperson who was telling us, like, oh, this is like super fast out of focus. Like, we really don't need that. Right. Like, it's mm-hmm. something that. Yeah, Um, it's not necessary, especially for for portrait photography. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. yeah,
1: Sorry, I was gonna say a lot of photographers get caught up in 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 equipment. Right, you just keep wanting to buy more and more equipment. Um, but I feel like you know, yes, slowing down and just finessing what you're doing will give you better results than Mm. buying a better camera because ultimately it's who's behind the camera who you know that makes you know the image, right?
0: Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think we're also living in that kind of era where, you know, everyone's trying to sell you something, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what happened, like I'm sure you remember back in the days where, you know, the, the new cameras that were coming out every two, three years. Now we have what, once a year or even yes. like quicker uh-huh. And those kind companies- like the
1: new. Phones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's it,
0: it's like the that. same thing, and I think it it it's just kind of like speed up the process, right? That right. you know, like there's oh, yeah. always something newer. By the time, like even you you start really using and feel the camera, there's another one, right? Which is right. like has something right. to offer, yeah. right?
2: Yeah,
1: and I think getting to know your equipment and really spending a lot of time with it, and and getting and really mastering it is what it you know what will make you a better photographer. Yeah.
0: So let's jump into this Hasselblad story. I want to hear a little bit more. Oh, sure. um, can you tell me like what was the major difference you've noticed? Like you know, with when you shoot your Nikon or shooting mm-hmm. Hasselblad. I know that the files are probably bigger. That's the, mm-hmm. kind of the first thing. So you get yeah. get much bigger access to like I don't know to to retouching those images. Uh, mm-hmm. But there was any other difference which mm-hmm. you kind of really noticed? Like oh wow, that's just make a huge difference for my images.
1: Yeah, so um, so the camera I tested was the, the 50 megapixel, the X1D. And yeah, so it's about twice as many megapixels. My Nikon is, I believe, 24, and this was a 50. So that right there was um, a big difference. The biggest difference I noticed was when I brought the images into Photoshop. Um, right away, I noticed the color uh, profile. Um, Hasselblad has their own proprietary um, color space. And it's just an, um, an amazing color space. And I can't even explain it, but it really um, benefits the skin tones. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was actually almost less retouching I had to do in Photoshop because the skin tones came out so beautiful already. Um, oh, wow. I noticed with my Nikon, now I, have, I don't have much uh, experience shooting with Canon, but with my, my Nikon specifically, I feel like, the, the colors come out a little bit more magenta
2: mm-hmm. in the
1: skin. So I feel like I'm constantly having to tone down the reds and the, and the magentas in the skin. Um, but with the Hasselblad, it was, and I was shooting with the same lights, pretty much everything was the same. So yeah, definitely the, the color space w- was amazing. And then just the sharpness and the detail um, was beautiful. So um, Yeah that yeah. was the main, the main difference. And it took a little while. I mean, I, I was able to borrow the, the camera for about a month. So it took me a little okay. while to, to figure out how to use it. And um, it was mirrorless, which I'm not used to and, and just trying to find the focal points. And, and it had some little things that I was like, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? So you know, having to learn how to use the camera. But once you know, I got the hang of it and um, it got more consistent results. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really yeah. quite Quite beautiful, and and yeah, I'd love to get some get my hands on one someday. But yeah,
0: oh, <laughs> well, they should they should give it to you. And I
1: know that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Hopefully. Well, the work you produce,
0: I think they would thank just you. take a you know a huge advantage to hopefully they'll they
1: yes, yeah, hopefully them they'll them. watch your video and then maybe that'll convince them.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I will tell them. You know, <laughs> thank you. Do the right <laughs> thing. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well,
0: what Especially
1: prompted if- it is. Uh, I had a a front cover um, professional photographer magazine in the UK. Um, One of their issues had one of my images on the front cover and they did an interview um, and they saw one of their reps saw the cover and and they were interested and they reached out. So that was, that was really nice. It's very wonderful. Yeah.
0: Hmm. That's, that's a nice treat. I think, you know, just to kind of get the feel of it. Right. Yeah.
2: Hmm. For sure. Perfect.
0: So let's uh, go a little bit back. I just have a kind of couple of questions and then what I would like to do, I would like to jump in into kind of showing some of your work and then we can kind mm-hmm. of talk a little bit about, mm-hmm. um, you know, behind the scenes, how the image kind of comes to the existence and you can tell a little bit of story. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I know, and this is what is the most frustrating for me. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way. Cause we see the image. It's beautiful. We like, typically people don't spend too much time, but there's always much broader story behind it you know like there's mm-hmm. how how you created this image how you come up this idea how you got this concept how you execute this whole thing and I'm always interesting in those stories because that gives you a little bit more understanding how the image okay. come to the existence but we're gonna mm-hmm. get there um, in a second uh, sure. so tell me a little bit more about like one of the biggest mistakes you've done which you kind of you know I'm sure you've learned from them but mm-hmm. you know if you go back to the beginning of your career which was the mistakes you 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 wish you 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 wouldn't do it
2: hmm
1: i see i know i've made mistakes i mean well you know you were just talking about i don't know if it's a mistake but you were talking about shooting a lot of images um and yeah i think slowing down was was um Something I had to learn to do because I think even as a new, photo- even though I didn't do weddings or sports photography, mm. just I think being a new or fairly new photographer, you, I, I think I feel like it's almost a habit to just, you know, shoot a lot in the hopes that one of these is going to turn out right. <laughs> um, so I learned and had to learn to s- slow down. Also, in the the business. Uh, of of taking portraits of people is looking at the details before you you snap the shutter so Mm -hmm. for example um, you know wrinkles in the clothing or hair you know some hairs in the face that's one of my biggest things that now I don't (laughs) it was a big mistake to not come up to the client and move their hair out of their face or just little details just stop and look and And, you know, it's okay to come up to the client and ask, can I, can I touch your shirt? Can I fix this or that? Because it will save you so much time in Photoshop. And I wasted so many hours early on in Photoshop trying to fix these little things that could have easily been taken care of before you click the shutter. So, yeah, I would say, you know, those types of things um, were were definitely learning points for me. Um, Also just, you know, for me, it was, like I said earlier, it was a hobby to start with, but I, I wished now that I had started looking at making photography a business sooner mm-hmm.
2: okay.
1: because of the, it took so many years for me to finally get there. Um, but I just didn't think I could make a living doing mm-hmm. photography then. So I was doing something I really didn't enjoy for a paycheck. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's one thing I wished I had done sooner is actually start mm-hmm. the business sooner in my career than I did.
0: Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand. And, and, you know, like I think it's photography is really specific business because I a hundred percent agree with what you just said. It takes time to build mm-hmm. your business, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think if you have any other business, like, I, I know there's different types of business, but there's some businesses you, have the product, you're pushing, you do marketing, and then you just selling stuff, right? right? Where photography, like it takes years and years and years to, you know, mm-hmm. build your portfolio, to kind of build your clientele, to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. do the proper marketing. And also, we're living in the crazy world where everything is changing constantly. And then mm-hmm. that's the thing is, is so challenging because, as you said, like, you know, you want to create. Some of your personal work and clients, they don't kind of going for this type of work. We have to do some other stuff, which mm-hmm. just kind of call, like keep the balance in the process. And then, you know, I, I deeply believe and I 100% agree with you that it just takes mm-hmm. so much time to, and you have to start early to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, build a yeah. solid foundation where you can just kind of make a living out of this. Absolutely. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also even age, I mean, you know, I'm not getting any younger. But you know, I see young photographers in their twenties and thirties. You know the energy levels that you need to have, especially yes. to do weddings or sports or anything that requires you to, you know, you know, you're moving all the time, and, and you need just this energy. And mm-hmm. you know, as we get older, that energy kind of.
0: Yes, <laughs> and I mean, can you, know feel it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel beat up. Like, I have some sessions yes. sometimes when you're just shooting for two, three hours and then you're done and you just like feel like you just run marathon. Oh, or yeah. something. And I think oh. it's also, like it's not even the physical, but it's mental gain too, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to constantly right. focus and think. And then, you know, when you said right. about this hair, oh, like, you know, like you have things where you have on the face and you have to spend yeah. time in, in Photoshop. But that's something where we learn also from retouching, right? Because if you have this mm-hmm. cl- beautiful image and you have this like one, piece of hair going through the eye and oh, next yeah. time like you're becoming this like a freak where you just like yes <laughs> yes paying yep. attention to every little um detail right uh, so but that also right. takes time i think to learn this yeah right?
1: oh for sure you learn from your mistakes for sure yes, yeah absolutely yeah yep. and and also in like you said the mental you know you have to be on you know talking to your clients and and for people like me i'm very introverted and <laughs> If I talk a lot, I really it exhausts me. I'm so I'm so tired. So so yeah. After a session, um, I'm just or or a workshop if I'm teaching, I'm just ready to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, tired physically and emotionally. It just drains me. But but I love it. It, um, Yeah, it takes a lot out of me, but I do enjoy it.
0: I always (laughs) say that you know photography, especially the, the type of photography like you do or like my photography. It's also extremely addictive. I don't know if you have mm-hmm. that feeling. Sometimes you you create something, you're so happy, you're so proud of it, and you want it more. Like, oh, I want to get yes. into the next project because I want to create more of it and get that amazing mm-hmm. feeling. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Either that or you want to edit until, you know, two or three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and we're losing time, I yeah, 100%. Sometimes when you yeah. get into this retouching process, it, the time kind of disappears. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Hey, what happened within the when last You're in hour? your
1: zone. So it's just yeah. like in, you know, an artist painting on a can, same thing, you know, you just kind of get in the zone and you don't notice anything else. You're just yeah. you know, doing that and There's that's when specific you know it's
0: a- for it. I think it's a flow state or something. Yeah, You yeah. Really lose kind of yeah yeah reality you're
1: in, you're in the flow yeah yeah It's yeah. great absolutely mm-hmm.
0: perfect okay so i think this is the right time to jump into some of your images um you. i as i said i dive into your instagram your website so i pull out some images i'm going to bring them up right now All right. and um so i would like to basically just discuss a little little bit of story you know how the image comes to existence what what inspired you like those images are extremely creative they have this amazing amazing well just the process itself is is fascinating so i would like to hear a little bit of more story about some of them we don't have to go for all of them but i i mm-hmm. would love to but well, let's see how it goes hey, and uh, sure. so this is what was my one of my favorite images which i saw on your instagram it's mm-hmm. it's just Um, breathtaking. And if you could just tell me a little bit of story.
1: Yeah. So this one was one of the images that I did have some, obviously uh, some planning to do. I I had been thinking of an image like this for a while. I wanted to create, um, well, first of all, this model, her name is Brianne. She's, she's amazing. And I've worked with her several times on other uh, creative projects. And I thought, you know, she would make a perfect tree. And I just, in my mind, wanted to create uh, someone that looked like a tree. Uh, I believe I came across an image or a painting at some point. I can't even remember who did it, but it was on Pinterest, I believe, and it was a girl who was kind of had leaves all over her and, and was kind of dressed like a tree. So I thought, well, I'm to you know, I'd love to do something like that. I love nature and I love, I love to be around trees. So and 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 I'm also. A bit of an environmentalist you know about climate change, and I thought you know that, that would be kind of cool so so I collaborated with Brianne and my, excuse me my hair and makeup artist, her name is Teresa, and she's since working with me, she's made some really beautiful headpieces, mm-hmm. and so I asked her um can you do you think you can create a headpiece um, with leaves and trees and and maybe like even horns um, you know. For just mm-hmm. a concept that we could come up with, and she said, "Sure." So she scoured, you know, online and to look at inspiration. So she came up with this headpiece, um, just you know, hot glue and rope. Uh, the horns were made with rope that she mm-hmm. just twisted, and um, yeah. And then she brought this headpiece. Um, I, I thought this is amazing. So and it, so, you know, then it kind of go went from there, right? I had this vague idea of you know creating a tree and so we then now we have this headpiece and i said okay now um let's get pieces of of moss and leaves to to paste on to the model so during the the shoot day it took us three hours to glue uh all this stuff on Brienne, and um yeah and then basically when i looked at her and i said okay i think we have enough tree stuff on you let's just you know get in front of the camera i had a backdrop that had some like a forest background and then i just started shooting and that's just kind of how it came to be um and then based on her pose she's kind of holding her belly she actually was not pregnant but it kind of looks like a yeah. maternity shoot so i named it mother earth um just from her pose um mm-hmm. And then in post-processing, you know, same thing, I, you know, doing dodging and burning. I also use a lot of textures
2: mm-hmm.
1: in my post-processing, like texture overlays to to create more interest and depth in the photo. And in this image, I did add texture to her skin to make it look like kind of like bark and dirt um, mm-hmm. on her skin. And then I, I did use, um, it looks like light rays coming down that was actually from a plug-in that i used uh, just a like a light ray um texture um but yeah other than that it was all um you know in camera and and then the processing so you know nothing photoshopped in terms of leaves they were all stuck on her so (laughs) so
2: yeah
0: that's (laughs) that's really masterpiece Uh, Mm, thank you yeah that's one
1: of my favorites too is really it was really fun to come up with and, and fun to do for all of us. And, and I, you know, it was one of my more, I guess, complicated ones where, you know, we spent so much time and I normally don't spend, we don't spend that much time putting makeup on, but three hours and then really shooting, I shot for maybe 30, 20, 30 minutes. So I thought, wow, three hours to prepare and then just shoot for 20 or 30 minutes is pretty interesting. Yeah.
0: People don't realize the preparation, how much mm-hmm. that takes, and it's also like yeah. I think it's it's hard for the model and it's hard for the photographer. Oh, it's yeah. like you know, it's constantly just looking and analyzing and then making sure that everything looks the way it's supposed to. So yeah, yeah, but it's at the end of the day, you know, you create something like this and you're proud the rest of your life. Oh right? yeah, so I think this that, was that a, three hours.
1: Yeah, it was a collaboration <laughs> with um, another hair and makeup artist. Her name's mm-hmm. Jessica. She did most of the makeup. Teresa did, did the hair piece in the hair. And then, uh, yeah, and then we all just kind of helped. <laughs> yeah. Blue leaves on her. Yeah.
0: Perfect.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's
0: jump into more simple image. Mm
2: hmm.
0: So if you tell me, I. Yeah. So this is more of a headshot, which some creative twist to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, could tell me a little bit about the story i there's amazing headpiece it seems like you've been using very very interesting uh wardrobe for your shoots like you're really particular about what they're wearing and stuff like that headpieces right
1: yeah actually this was and i really credit this to again teresa my hair and makeup Mm -hmm. artist she i i don't have you know the the skill to make these headpieces she made Mm -hmm. this again just from just ideas, we were talking and um, just getting inspiration online. And then she went to town, she got the lace, she got, actually that hat is made with paper. I forgot what she's called it. There's a, a, a term that you, you curl little paper strips and they're all glued mm-hmm. on the hat there. So she I credit all that to her, she made that. Um, this was actually a model who came in during a workshop I was teaching um and I had a little pink dress that I thought hey that would match the hat Mm -hmm. put that on and then Teresa did her hair and that's that's really it it was pretty simple um I just came in I wanted to get a nice close shot of her beautiful eyes and in the hat for me the wardrobe and the hat was more important than what she was wearing so that's why I came in close um yeah and that's that's really it, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to it. Um, the editing was a little different. I did give it more of like a matte kind of finish um, mm-hmm. and a little bit of a cooler tone. Um, and that's where I kind of go back and forth. Some of my earlier work um, was warmer
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then I kind of switched and, and made my images look a little cooler. And then I kind of mm-hmm. go back and forth and just try to find something in between. Yeah. Um, And it also has some texture overlays to kind of give it a little bit more of a, Mm -hmm. I don't know, texture feel.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's one thing which kind of like I know I'm going to go back with you just what you've said a little bit earlier about uh, magenta in Nikon color profile. Because I feel exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting that I see there's a lot of reds Mm
2: -hmm.
0: trying to kind of remove it. And I never thought about it. And mm-hmm. then when you said that, I'm just like, all of a sudden I get this click in my head, like, yeah, I, I'm dealing with the same kind of, maybe not, it's not yeah. an issue, but yeah. you can really kind of notice that, right? Yeah, yeah. and I
1: find um, in raw, camera raw, I'm always, um, yeah, reducing the reds um, in the skin mm-hmm. um, and giving it that just a little bit more of a cooler, kind of a creamier tone. To yes. the skin, which again I was saying Hasselblad, it it's like that all, all, automatically. There. But yeah, you yeah. kind of have to play with it in mm-hmm. Nikon. Yeah. Or again, I can't speak about all cameras, but
0: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the, the 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 Nikon cameras, because like you mm-hmm. shooting seven, uh, Nikon okay. 750, 800, mm-hmm. and I've noticed because I test some other ones as well, mm-hmm. and okay. I've se- I've seen that everywhere.
2: Yeah. So it's okay. kind of the
0: same. Well, I think that's just maybe the way they set up the cameras Mm -hmm. and i I, and i also noticed that you know if you're shooting like you go to canon like my eyes were just burning because you can see the colors are different because like we used to our cameras Mm. to the color profile yes and you see you know the the images we're getting we're kind of getting used to it and then you take it and then i think because we're doing so much retouching and we also spend a lot of time you know working on those images um we really see the colors Yeah. yeah really I don't want to say precisely but right. we just get used
1: movement. to yeah yes. we get used and to a certain
0: shift mm-hmm. and automatically your eyes kind of react to it right
1: Exactly yeah for sure
0: Perfect okay let's go to the next one this is a really yes. stunning image
1: Thank you this is actually um Donna Maria she's actually a wonderful photographer as well she she lives in the DC area um, and this was actually at a recent workshop I did in Baltimore and she came and modeled for me during the workshop um, and this was her wardrobe that she brought and, and I remember I went to her studio and she asked me you know what do you want me to wear and again I'm like I don't know let me just look because for me it was like let me see what you have and it'll click with me if I see it she showed me this and I said that I want you to wear this um, and again I don't know why I didn't have an image in my head I just saw the color and I thought this would be beautiful on you just bring this and she did and um yeah and then honestly i was just i just had her stand there and because i was teaching other photographers Mm -hmm. how to photograph so this was basically other photographers watching i you know i took the shot and then and then in post-processing that's when i decided okay i'm going to add these trees because this was just a plain background it was Mm -hmm. um uh Kind of a textured background. It was it had a little bit of a blue hint to it, mm-hmm. and then during post processing, that's when I overlaid some different images. I added the sort of the halo in post processing, mm-hmm. um, and again, it doesn't really have a special meaning. It was just something I wanted to do in post processing and creating in the moment, and that's that's how it came to be.
0: <laughs> so. Well, it seems like you you you're creating kind of like this this images it's it's like you know you have the base and then you start kind of building on the top of it different things right. different textures and then and, and the concepts which is yeah. which is kind of interesting yeah yeah
1: yeah and and I, sometimes it's just playing like you know i might overlay an image just to see how it looks uh and then i look at it my m and I'm like, eh, no, let me try this and then i see it i'm like yes that's what i want so yeah it's it's very much creating as i go <laughs>
0: Perfect. Let's go to the next one.
1: Yeah, this is uh, Mackenzie. This was also a workshop Mm -hmm. uh, here in my uh, at the workshop I or the studio I work in here in Colorado, um, a one-on-one workshop. And she's wearing another hat that Teresa created, a different color. Mm -hmm. And um, again, it was she brought the hat. I said, okay, what can what do I have that would go well with this hat? So I had this really old vintage. I believe it was an old vintage wedding dress that I purchased from another photographer years ago. Um, and I said, Hey Mackenzie, can you fit into this dress? And so you put it on. We put the and I and she has beautiful curly hair naturally. So I told Teresa I want her hair curly, but I want it kind of poofed out <laughs> with this yeah. hat on. That I, I just got this little suitcase. I just had it. And I thought, you know, the colors you know, as long as the colors kind of coordinate, I thought let's put it together. And that, that's, yeah, I just had her sit down. I took the image and then I color tone this a little differently. I really desaturated um, mm-hmm. most of the colors. I kind of almost wanted a monotone, but kind of a, I don't know, like a, a vintage color that kind of was the main color mm-hmm. Um And then the background was actually overlaid. Uh, It was an old door I photographed. I don't remember where now. (laughs) I photographed that door somewhere. I think it was in Louisiana, I believe. And so I overlaid that door in the background there and just kind of uh, blurred it a little bit so it looked like it was further back. Um, Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. (laughs) Again, just playing in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, this is Sesame. She's a local model. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually just, she came, we just wanted to play. One day she came in and um, yeah, I didn't know what we were going to do. I had this, this nice dress. Um, the collar she's wearing is actually just a piece of lace that I found that I had in my box and I put it on kind of like a, a necklace. Yeah. And I th- I felt like she looked a lot like Sophia Loren, mm-hmm. uh, just a young Sophia Loren and, I had a different hair makeup artist this time and I wanted um, to go with heavier eyes. Cause I don't normally do that. My mm-hmm. makeup is usually pretty subtle, but I wanted, because we were just playing that day, I thought, let's do something different. Mm-hmm. So we did darker eyes. Um, and then the background was, is just like that as a floral background I got from a company. Um, and that's it. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. But also what I want to point it out here, like, you know, when you mentioned like, Oh, I, I had this little piece here and sometimes one little detail can completely shift the image towards oh, a yeah. completely different direction, right? Yes, just yeah. adding one element can change the dynamic of the picture.
1: Yeah, and I wanted—I didn't want like just a, a basic necklace, mm-hmm. um, but I—I I just the the dress was this very gold-colored dress, and I remembered that I had this gold lace in my box, and I thought, oh, you now let's put that on. And then I had her take the straps down and just give me you know, an expression of, you know, longing or, you know, some Mm -hmm. give me some different expressions. And so after culling, uh, when I saw this and her hand in that position, I just thought, you know, and she's not looking at the camera. Um, So, yeah, it's just, again, it's it's just,
0: what's that? It's like a playing with with different ideas. Yeah,
1: yeah, let's play, give me some different expressions, Um, you know. And when I have the models or even the clients, Change something; it's very, very subtle. I mean, instead of having your hand here, turn it tiny bit. This little, just you know, move your head this much. I mean, yeah. it's just tiny, tiny. So even just little, tiny, micro changes makes a di- difference.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. yeah I've learned that as well, especially for a headshots. Like one tiny move can change completely mm-hmm. the image. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. But like, and also I think we see those things because we. Keep shooting and we see kind right. of like those details oh, yeah. but an average person has no clue right right like, you know right. why do I have to just like you know slicely move my head like what's what difference does it make it's gonna yes. make a huge difference
1: yeah see and you notice those tiny tiny little changes the more you do it you'll realize <laughs> it and and yeah and sometimes you know I have her and that's one of my creative sessions, that's what I'm doing, is like, put your hand here. I take a couple shots and I look at, no, that doesn't look right. Try this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you just kind of start to learn what, what works. looks right and what doesn't. <laughs> yeah, what works and what doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, let's jump to the next one.
1: Yeah, this is um, Alex. Uh, let's see. She. This was also a workshop uh, yeah. that I taught, and... Um, love the red hair. So um, I had seen some inspiration online for like kind of sort of bizarre um, hairstyles. And so Teresa, again, she's very good with hair. Uh, I said, you know, I just want a big bun. And then I bought these little balls. I'm not even sure what they're called, but uh, they just look like they're made out of um, twine or something. And I said, I want to incorporate somehow these balls in her hair. if, If you can... Uh, create sort of this, um, not so much symmetry, but you know, a bun and then this ball. I just kind of want that um, incorporated, so that's what she came up with. And um, and then we kind of played with how many do we want in her hair. She would put some in. I'd look at it, you know, say no, let's let's change it up a little bit. And then she was holding one. So yeah, pretty just pretty simple. And I loved the brown tone, so I had a little brown dress for her to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, the bun actually in Photoshop. I did pop it out more because it Mm -hmm. was a little bit smaller. So, you know, I made the bun a bit bigger and yeah, overlaid some textures um, overall on the whole image. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's basically how it came to be. And I, I tend to desaturate Mm -hmm. from what's coming into the camera. So, um, and again, had to desaturate the reds. Um, She's redhead. So her, her skin was very pink. So mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of go a you know, different way and get more um, more yellows in her skin or more browns. Uh, so I have to play with that. Um, and then I usually desaturate the whole image. And then in the end, I'll resaturate mm-hmm. particular areas. So I wanted to get her hair really more saturated and maybe her lips, but the rest I wanted a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, more it's, it's fascinating for me, like, you know, when we as a photographers... We kind of have a subject or client and we just look at them and we analyze, you know, the skin color, the the Mm -hmm. hair color, everything is kind of like just paying attention to all those details. Right. Where like even people who like looking at themselves, they don't pay attention to those things. Right. right? What do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. For sure.
0: Perfect. Let's go to this one. This is really interesting one. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, this is Brianne again. She was the tree image at the beginning there. Um, This was just another time we came into play. And um, I'm not sure. I mean, I really just wanted to get, I don't know, just some simple images with this necklace that I had that was going down her back. And with her red hair, I wanted sort of that green, you know, that contrast with the green background. And then in Photoshop, I just decided I found this pretty painting of these roses or peonies, I guess. And I just wanted to put them on her like, like a tattoo or something. So yeah, I overlaid the flowers and I found another image of a hummingbird Mm -hmm. and I overlaid that onto her shoulder there. So again, it was just me playing, just seeing what what would come out of it. And um, yeah, you know, it turned out pretty nice. And I, I added some textures again, like I usually do. So yeah, that's that's all it was—is just just playing and seeing what I could come up with.
0: <laughs> well, you did pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, and our last image. Let's talk about this one.
1: Yes, this one was um, kind of popular. This is Johnny. He's actually a very very good photographer in Denver. Um, he does a lot of fashion and editorial type photography, mm-hmm. um, and he came in um, to you know to play and just. You know, I love his tattoos and I just love his look. he He's just, he's amazing both in front of the camera and behind the camera. So he's fun to photograph. And yeah, just, it was just one of those times where, hey, Johnny, and he has really cool wardrobe and, and jewelry and he brought some things. And, and actually this is what he wore when he came to the studio. And I said, mm-hmm. just sit down there. I want to, you know, just let me get a shot of you. Um, and that, that's really all it was, is he sat there, I got this shot and then later in, in post processing I added the sort of a halo and then the clouds. Um, those were clouds I photographed before mm-hmm. and just yeah, retouched it in again in, in just a creative way that I just
2: um, you like it, yeah.
1: I just did on my own in the flow and I called him and I titled this modern day saint. Um, mm. you know be, don't see saints with tattoos and things like that. So I thought it was just kind of fitting with the halo and, and he's mm-hmm. such a wonderful human being. So I thought, Hey, let's dub it that, that title. And I did enter in some competitions and it, it got a pretty good score at WPPI. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's just a fun image. Um, yeah. A lot of people have talked about it and Johnny, yes. he says he likes it too. So it's nice. Yeah. And it's well, beautiful and I printed. It's- I have it printed yeah. and it's I- gorgeous printed. Yes. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, yeah nice. it's 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 really outstanding like well the, you know those are the images where you can kind of you can't go by them and don't you know they they just catch your attention right okay. and you have to stop and i think that's what is amazing about you know the photographers who are at that level like you are that you're creating images where you cannot just kind of scroll by and just move to the next one you got to stop nice. and you got to analyze mm-hmm. it you have to look closer mm-hmm. It's like a piece of art right which,
1: mm-hmm. which yeah thank is. you and a lot of it is is who you're photographing because johnny yeah. is so um oh he's so charismatic and just mm-hmm. he just draws you in anyway so just in, in capturing his eyes and and just his expression and that's just who he is and so yeah you almost have to stop and look even if it wasn't like edited in a creative way he's just um uh, yeah he's amazing to look at um so yeah and and again i added some grain and just gave it that sort of film painty quality to it so yeah
0: absolutely perfect okay so we okay. passed the time so okay. i don't want to you see um we could, yes. talk right, yeah. <laughs> could
1: keep uh-huh. going right
0: Absolutely. So my last question to you is what advice you would give to someone who is starting, you know, portrait photography as an experienced photographer with a lot of success on your hands? Um, you know, what would you say to someone like, you know, what, they're starting off mm-hmm. and what one of advice you would give it to that person?
1: Well, I would say, you know, photograph what you love, stick to what you love to photograph and don't follow trends a lot of new photographers think oh you know uh lifestyle photography is what everybody wants so that's what I'm gonna do Mm -hmm. or you know whatever fashion or you know if, if that's what you love then great but you know don't follow trends just find your own voice find your own style because eventually you know you will be known for that style. So one of the biggest compliments I ever received was the first time someone said I knew that was your photo before I saw the name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you find your own style, you you become known for that and that's and that's a big deal because that's yours, you know, you created that, you know, instead of copying or following trends and it's okay to get inspiration but but having your own style is really important and and just, you know, do what you love. Um, And also um, again, don't, don't feel like you have to buy the latest and greatest equipment to, to make nice photographs because, you know, you could do it with natural, a window. You could, you could create beautiful portraits, you know, so.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's Mm -hmm. interesting because that advice comes from everyone who I'm talking to. Don't buy works. Yes. Everyone that. but I, I think I think we all go through that process, especially, you know, mm-hmm. when we, at the beginning, because we mm-hmm. think that the equipment will do the job for us, but it's, it's mm-hmm. the opposite, right? Like, yeah, you know, we yeah. don't do the job, um, but it's, yeah, it's I mean, a it's really it's... important message to send to people. So they understand, yeah. you know, don't, don't follow that trap because it's not going to take you. Right. you want to people, right? And of
1: course, you know, as you get better and more successful, and you're making money. Sure. You know, you can buy a better camera, better lights, but but you know, you don't have to do it all at once. You know, you can grow with what you have, learn how to master it. And and at some point you will outgrow what you're using and then you'll know when it's time to upgrade, but you know, I mean, you could use the same stuff for years and it's fine. Um, And also another piece of advice, if, if someone is wanting to do this as a business to not, not to treat it as a hobby, if you really want to, Make a business and make and make a living. You have to price yourself okay. and value your work and price yourself where you can make a living. There's there's too many times that the industry has been devalued because you know mm-hmm. beginners or even people who've been doing it for a while consider themselves hobbyists and maybe they'll charge hundred dollars for you know five hundred photos and and you know and then what happens is that clients start to think you know, if you do charge what you're worth, why are you so expensive? You know, so-and-so only like, charges $50. But, you know, and it, it starts to devalue the industry. So if you really want to do this as a living, then price yourself as if, you know, you, your your livelihood depends on it. You know? So, um, and that'll help everybody, all, yes. all photographers. Yeah.
0: It's, a, it's a great advice. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, people have to hear that because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's... But again, I think the problem is, especially those ones who are getting in, right? Like, you know, just the fact that getting clients for them is exciting, right? And that's Mm -hmm. like whatever they pay, you know, I'll take it. But with the time, like we need to change the the mentality and approach and just make sure that, you know, people value what we do, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, for for sure. I mean, when you're first starting, yeah, you need to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. But make sure it's just for, you know, limited time and, and, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm
0: perfect thank you so much that was thank you that was real pleasure chatting with you thank you for all the advice and tips and sharing your knowledge that's 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 amazing um, i Appreciate always it. love to hear from you know photographers like like you because they they have this this amazing experience and then that's i think we're also living in the great times where you know people can openly talk about it mm-hmm. and share it because yeah. you remember back in the days nobody would say a word I know you know yeah. how they work and what they do nowadays. I remember
1: when I was learning or doing landscape photography I went to a talk from a, a very well-known landscape photographer and at the end I came up to him and, and just wanted to introduce myself and ask him a couple of questions and he totally like blew me off and it was awful and I was so um, you know def- deflated after that and and yeah it was and then after that, I, I had a totally different view of that person. Like, I no longer really looked up to him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, it makes a difference how you present yourself to others and, and how open you are. And, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and it's it's great to connect and, and learn from each other.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all had this, like, especially, the you know, the photographers who have been in this industry for quite a bit. Like, I, so I had similar experiences mm-hmm. like when I asked some basic questions and yeah. they just i don't even want to talk to you right
1: like like well, you're beneath then, me i don't want to talk yes.
0: to you. <laughs> don't even get close to me yeah i'm not right. gonna share it yeah, so, yeah. well I, i'm glad those you know the the attitude is is changing because I, yes. I think more and more open and you know but i also think and i'm sure you agree with me just because you just you, you could share all your knowledge um it still takes time to practice. It still takes mm-hmm. time to mm-hmm. like, learn this stuff. It's not yeah. just because someone tells you something then automatically you will you will know how to do it, but just doing right. it this is another story, right? So.
1: Oh, and you know, and during my workshops for example, you know, we're all photographing the same person, we have the same lights, and all the images will look different because yeah. you know, everyone has a different approach. Um you can take the tools you learn and and just use them to your advantage and and you know, come up with your own way of, or your own style, your own voice using the tools that you have.
0: Yeah. Absolutely,
1: mm-hmm.
0: perfect. I'm not going to take more of your time.
2: No and worries, thank we you. Should,
0: we we should do that. We will do it. This you know, conversation at some point again. I would love to sure. chat with you again. I think we, mm-hmm. we we have lots of to talk about. Um, so it's thank okay. you again for your time. You. I will link to this podcast um, all your information so people can check out what you do. Um, as okay. I said, it's really inspiring work. I'm sure a lot of people already know you. So like,
2: uh-huh. thank
0: you. you. <laughs> work, it's known um, on social media and, you know, all those platforms. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, have a fantastic uh, rest of the weekend. Thank you again for accepting the invitation and finding the time to talk to me. I truly appreciate it.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Thank
0: you.
1: (laughs) Bye-bye.